What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 70 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined today by Andre Seegers and Ash Paulson. We got the entire group here. Well, save Tom, but at least we got the core three, I guess. That's but, what matters, right? Yeah, exactly. We're all Ouch. here, and uh, <laughs> just as a little forewarning, this is likely going to be a bit of a shorter podcast, maybe just around an hour, mainly so Ash doesn't melt, because, well, Ash, you go ahead and tell us how you've been holding up with the heat over there. Well, I think I've been saying a little bit about this uh, in the past couple of weeks, but not only is it really unusually humid here in the West Coast, you know, usually humidity is the, the, the domain of the East Coast, but it's super humid here in, in Los Angeles right now. And on top of that, our piece of crap apartment complex <laughs> refuses, I mean, well, not refuses, they just, we've put in like three or four work orders to have our air conditioner fixed because our air conditioner is broken in the dead of summer. So now we're actually, it's been a month now that this damn thing has been broken. So we have to have two fans on at all times and it's just moving around this hot, humid air. So now we've actually, we're playing hardball now and we've actually, instead of sending in our rent check, we sent in a letter saying, hey, we're withholding our rent and prorating our rent check for the month of August for how many days we will go without air conditioning this month. So come fix our air conditioning or else you're not going to get paid. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So... That's what's, yeah, I mean, even when I, like, you know, turn the fans off to record, like, a 15-minute Game & Watch or something, I'm just dripping in sweat. And this is in the middle of the night, mind you. Like, at, you know, 1 in the morning, I'll, I'll record, like, a 15-minute Game & Watch, you know, because that's, everyone's asleep, I can do that. I'm still dripping in sweat. I'm, oh I am God. right now. We've been recording, what, five minutes? Not even that. Three minutes. <laughs> and I'm already just, it's dripping off of me. It's, it's disgusting. I hate this. <laughs> That sounds wow. pretty awful. <laughs> it's yeah, it's really bad. And I'm just like, what do you, how can you not fix someone's air conditioner? Like, I get it, something small, like whatever, you know, maintenance isn't always great. But it's it someone's sounds, air conditioner during the dead of summer. Yeah, it sounds like you're really heated over this. <laughs> I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm quite heated over it. Very, yeah. It's really light, lighting a fire under me. <laughs> uh, just don't boil over, okay, Ash? <laughs> you could even say I've been conditioned to be angry about it. <laughs> Oh, my God. Right? Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're holding up and uh, doing something. Hopefully that playing hardball actually works because, dear God, that is awful. Because like, I know how humidity works. You turn off the AC for a bit, uh, and it's just immediate drench. And, totally. And, uh, I mean, you know, and, and sometimes that really is the only way to get people's attention is to take away the money they're expecting to get. You know, it's just, you know, they won't pay you any attention until you take away their money. And then it's like, oh, wait, why am I not getting paid? Well, maybe I should look into this. So. <laughs> just maybe, yeah. yeah might, just might a help bit. a bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Andre? What have you been up to? Well, I just got back uh, from Seattle, went camping with my parents. Um, and it, well, speaking of hot temperatures, it was like mid-90s there for some reason. Uh, which is really hot by Seattle standards. It reminded me of when I was in Dallas a few weeks ago, and Dallas, apparently, while I was in Seattle, was much cooler. So I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> um, yeah, so that was cool. Uh, my parents have an RV, so we went camping. Uh, I had my own tent, though, so I was uh, I, I was going a little bit more on the wild side than my parents were with their air-conditioned uh, RV. Um, and my whole, like, my sister's children my nieces came out and they stayed with us for a few days so that was fun it was a little bit like a fa- it was a little bit of a family reunion um give me a chance to get away from you know technology for a little bit somewhat <laughs> i still have my phone <laughs> on me but the reception wasn't that great so that's you know it's basically like not having reception um yeah i mean beyond that i don't know that's about it so not nothing terribly exciting yeah it was a good time though 
I'm so, like, ashamed of you. You had the makings of a perfect Nintendo Switch commercial, Andre. You could have brought your Switch. You could have had, you know, people playing arms in tabletop mode out in the glory of nature. <laughs> no, that's that would have been a terrible I, idea, but I feel like, like that's raccoon, something they would do. Have, like, rac- it, uh, like raccoons watching or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you mention that because my dad, he's... So I got my dad, I'm sure I said before, a Switch for Father's Day. He's been obsessed with Zelda, and he actually did bring a Switch. And when, So every night, every day, we'd be like, where's Dad? And he's like... In the RV playing Zelda. That's amazing. <laughs> I actually did not know that. I don't think you've mentioned that, at least oh, really? not in the week I was here. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe That's I actually awesome. It. I love that. Yeah, I mean, no, this guy cannot play any games at all, but he saw me playing Zelda. Well, besides Resident Evil 4, I'm sure I talked about that before. Mm-hmm. That's literally the only game he can play, but those skills <laughs> that he has for that game don't transfer over to anything. Uh, but he saw me play Zelda or Breath of the Wild while I was up there, and he's like, that looks like a really fun game. So I decided to get it for him, and uh, somehow he's actually gone pretty good at it. He's not great. He's still kind of terrible at sword melee combat. Mm-hmm. But he has like 64 shrines now beaten. And, Dang. Um, but not not a single divine beast though. He hasn't he's been too afraid to approach those. So he's just been going after shrines and collecting money and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But still 64 shrines. That's impressive. Yeah. It's not bad. It's I didn't think he'd ever get past Three or four. So. Yeah. Now, did he did he hear though that Game Explain only liked it a lot that they didn't love it because they you know that that's a deciding factor <laughs> I would think. I haven't had the heart to break it to him yet. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'm, I'm curious if he'll disown you because obviously he loves it if it's getting him to play. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he does love it. So yeah, we probably would disagree there a little bit. Nice. <laughs> Man, such a bad son. Yeah. <laughs> Although you're a good son because you got him to switch and all that. Hmm, that's a tough one. Yeah. That's no. That, that's actually really cool though. Like that. That's great that he's gotten so into it. It is. I mean, yeah, it's really, it's really cool to see. Like, I never thought the reason I, the reason the guy in Resident Evil Four was because it had, um, or the reason he was able to handle those because it had the Wii Remote controls. Whereas Zelda is like one of the most complicated games I could throw him into. I feel like, and he still managed just fine for the most part. You know, handling camera control and whatnot, which is all new to him. So I'm impressed. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Gonna have to get them to try other games like that. I guess. I guess if they interest him at all. Yeah, maybe Skyrim once he's done with Zelda. There you go. Hey, it'll be on the Switch, so maybe. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. Dang, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> how about you? How about you, Derek? We've been up to. Oh, not too much. Took the weekend off. Went and saw a friend, and uh, just had good time, just hanging out and uh, having fun. I uh, actually got the, one of the cooler experiences. I got to see. Uh, got to go to the movie theater and uh, the movie. Um, it was one of those theaters that actually has like actual food, like you spend oh, a little, nice. bit, spend a little bit more, and you can get get a whole meal there and uh, all that stuff. But it's not like a Alamo Draft House, but like similar. Like I say, I'd say like a in between point point from mm-hmm. at least what I hear about Alamo Draft House. But yeah, you sat down, you had a very nice, comfy chair. You could kick it back. You had a little um, footrest you can bring out. That was really cool. Uh, just a pretty solid time and I was like okay what kind of food do I want so I was looking it's like you get burgers they had like gyro the Greek gyros uh, all kinds of stuff and I'm like okay I don't want a sandwich because I'm going to be looking up at the screen and we're uh, we were kind of close to the uh, close-ish to the actual screen and uh, I was like okay I don't want a sandwich because I don't want to look up that way so I was like I'll get chicken fingers because that, that should be pretty good I can dip it I don't have to lean forward or anything I can just stay relaxed and they bring them out, and these are some of the biggest chicken fingers I've ever seen in my life. They are freaking huge, and it's just a 
complicated matter of actually trying to figure out how to dip the damn things <laughs> and actually eat them because they were just so big. I'm like, well, so much for not leaning over and doing all this stuff. But no, it was a really good time. I, I had a lot of fun getting away from it all. I actually gave a chance uh, for Ash to actually stream. Uh, yeah, for, for it's first time in a while. been quite a while since I had streamed. I got to stream Splatoon 2, which was a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, and, and hopefully I get to come in and, uh, with another long-term stream pretty soon, because you've been streaming a bunch of games, but I still want to stream, I don't know, like Shovel Knight, or... I still, I'm still kind of wanting to stream Illusion of Gaia, but I don't know how many people would even show up for that, so mm-hmm. that may be a, may, may a one-man party. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, the, but, no, the, I definitely do want to stream something. Yeah, the, the biggest problem with you is that yours is that I'd have to set you up every time, and that means, means I have to make sure I'm around, because... We have you can't schedule yours for some reason not not on YouTube yeah. anyway, and it's, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's a bit of a pain. There's a lot of extra steps that need to be done. Like even after it's done, I have to refill in the entire description because uh, it gets yeah. erased as soon as you finish, and it's not quite as obvious. It's 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 very weird whenever you treat it that way, which is why I'm a little hesitant to get there. If we can get it figured out, I am totally down with you taking over some of the weekends and lightening up my load a bit for the streaming, even though I enjoy the streams. Uh, Well, yeah, because, I mean, back when I was doing all the Mega Man games and Chrono Trigger, I was able to schedule streams through Game Capture, but then at some point along the way, it just stopped happening. Like, I stopped even getting the option to select scheduled streams, and now I just can't anymore, and I've reinstalled the software a bunch of times. Like, it's the strangest thing, and, and mm. it's so frustrating, because it's like that one... We've, we've finally found a bitrate that works for me, that works with my internet. That's fine now. Now it's this one little step that we don't know how to troubleshoot that's preventing me from streaming regularly. And I know just, how to troubleshoot oh. it. Get, <laughs> get a PC. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, the big X factor here, Ash, is that you uh-huh. have a PC and not a Mac. You have a Mac, not a PC. All right, counterpoint. If Game Explain wants to purchase a streaming PC for me, that let's do it. I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you like I'll turn it around? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> now, before uh, we, we move on, though, I, I have to say, just because I know somebody's going to ask uh, if I have finished Horizon Zero Dawn yet, and I have not. Um, I, I have not had time to play much of anything this week other than my review copy of Mega Man Legacy Collection 2. So it is for a good reason. It's because I'm bringing you guys a new review. But unfortunately, that had to preclude my finishing Horizon Zero Dawn. So I'm almost there, but you'll get that full update likely next week in the podcast with my thoughts on the ending and all that. Yeah, okay. and you will have you can look forward to the Mega Man review on Monday. I'll be, of course, right. putting that together. And uh, it's well, actually, of- sorry, not Monday. It's Monday at midnight. at The, the, the embargo lifts at midnight going mm-hmm. into Tuesday. Okay. Is it midnight yeah. uh, Pacific time? Pacific time. So okay. it'll be 3 a.m. on, tu- on uh, Tuesday uh, <laughs> Eastern time. So if anybody's awake, they'll be able to yeah. check if, out. If that. any really hardcore Mega Man fans are really excited to hear my thoughts on 7, 8, 9, and 10 again, <laughs> 3 a.m. There you go. Perfect. There we go. It's all We're all set. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you, haven't, you did never stream Mega Man 8, so now you can return and do that. <laughs> Oh, actually, yeah, you know, people are already uh, requesting that I do that, so I'm absolutely going to do that, because I always promised that I would if I had a way to, and now I do. Mm-hmm. And actually, we are allowed to stream Legacy Collection 2 on Monday, so maybe that's a way that I can bring a little preview of the, of the game to people. Yeah, maybe. I could definitely yeah. try that out and uh, get you yeah. on there and get you all set up. Uh, there's still this great debate, though, especially after our last discussion <laughs> and actually bringing this up, of who is actually who's going to be the one that reviews Sonic Mania? 
<laughs> Man, you know, and, and we've gotten so many suggestions on Twitter, haven't we, about like ways we could decide this? Oh, yeah, there's like all these other things. Other people are just saying, why don't you both do it? Uh, yeah. a, I, although I retweeted a poll and I don't know, I'm winning, so I don't, I don't think we have to do I anything else. <laughs> I know, I, I saw that, but I, you know, I, I take that to mean that just, you know, naturally you've been here longer than I have. More people are familiar <laughs> with you and. I maintain that this was kind of a cold war on your part to make sure I stayed out of Sonic Mania discussions so people wouldn't know I was as hyped about it as you are until I now. have no idea what you're talking about. Cold no. war. Pff, I've nice. had... <laughs> now you're just spreading fake news, Ash. Totally. Fake. Hashtag fake news. Hashtag MSM. <laughs> oh, goodness. No, I, I... Honestly, I just hope we actually get a review copy because it's always Me sort too. of up in the air when it comes to Sonic and getting us review copy. So fingers crossed we'll actually get it done this time. So we'll see. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm definitely super excited about it. And actually, speaking of Cold War, uh, another movie, I, I, one of the movies I did see uh, this past week was Atomic Blonde. And don't see it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. I, because I, I was, it kind of looked like a John Wickish type movie with all the action scenes and whatnot, and those action scenes are really good, but everything in between is so dull and lifeless. And I, I went to see a ten ten showing so I could actually see it with a friend and actually have the time for it. And I swear to God, I was falling asleep. <laughs> like I was Dang. at a certain point, I was sort of nodding off, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have never done that. <laughs> where I think God, uh, the only time I ever nodded off in a movie, I, I typically don't, but I, I think twice. I my parents made me go see Wyatt Earp when I was younger, and it was like it's like a three hour western, and so ugh. you know, and and when you're a kid, you don't really appreciate like classic films as much. So I definitely fell asleep during that. But more recently, I fell asleep during the original Hulk movie, the one with Eric Bana. Oh, the Ang, Ang Lee Not version. The original. Oh, why were you watching yeah. that? <laughs> um, no, no, well, I should say this was years ago, back oh. when I was still in theaters. Oh, so, so okay. But I'm just saying I was still older, though, and, and I absolutely fell asleep. That movie was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen it, but I've, <laughs> I've just heard stories, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, although I am glad you brought up uh, John Wick Chapter 2, because it did remind me that my wife and I uh, rented John Wick Chapter 2 from uh, Redbox, and we watched it uh, over last week, and we loved it. It's like one of those rare examples of a sequel that just it keeps it going. Like, it's not mm -hmm. a phoned-in, crappy sequel. Like, it's every bit as good as the original, in my opinion. Yeah, I really... I, I liked it a lot. I, re I really enjoyed it. I thought it had a little bit of a slower start than the original, but once sure. it got going, it was really good. And I love that, I love that they actually showed the whole pencil thing. Yeah, like that, that was great. Yeah, that was, great. That that was, was awesome. just a fun like payoff, like to go through that because they reminded you about it, and then they actually show it, and it's like. <laughs> and I just perfect. I, I love how creative they they get with like the the way John Wick kills you know the bad guys because there's this one scene and and when later in the movie where he's you know obviously shooting like fifty different people and he literally reload he get he like he knocks a guy down against the wall and he reloads his gun against the guy's face. <laughs> and then shoots him, and I'm like, okay, you know what? That they get points for that because I, in all the violent action movies I've seen, I've never seen someone die quite like that. So, mm. you know, props to John Wick for keeping it, uh, keeping the deaths creative and classy. I just uh. like watching him move and do all these things. Yeah, like it's it's so elegant watching it be done, and I love that when all the assassins are aware of him, and you get that sort of smash cut of him fighting the different assassins as he's going along and just progressively getting the crap kicked out of them. 
Yeah, and he's just, like hobbling around, and you can tell that he's just had the crap kicked out of him, but he still keeps going. He's just he's so determined. <laughs> Nothing stops him. Nope. Yeah. Have you seen that one, Andre? Yeah, I have. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I actually saw it in theaters. Nice. Yeah, I did too. So. Yeah, my yeah my friends. I actually saw the first one. I think it was like the night before or two nights before. They're like, "Hey, you want to see the second one?" I'm like, "Well, I haven't seen the first. I'm like, we're fixing that right, right. now." So. <laughs> and my understanding is that it's planned as a trilogy. So I'm all in for chapter three. If they're actually oh, they're, ending I mean, it, then mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, there. Ha- I mean, they have. There has to be a third one with the way they ended it. Yeah, oh, yeah. totally right. As soon as that movie ended, I'm like, "All right, I'm ready for. I'm ready for part three. Bring it on." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, just no question. So, yeah, yeah. Just just wait for John Wick Chapter Three. Don't bother with Atomic Blonde. Like I had high hopes for that one, but no. <laughs> like done. Uh, I also heard the Dark Tower was terrible. I haven't uh, seen it, but and I, I plan to. But I heard it was awful. I'm so disappointed about that one because I've read the books. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoy the books, and I just the things I'm hearing is just no, <laughs> no. And I was already yeah. as soon as I heard it had a 90 minute runtime and they were combining. Elements from the first three books. I'm like, oh, that's not good. Oh, and that's it, not good. Yeah. And then Akiva Goldsmith was one of the writers, and he then did like some of the Transformers movies. That just <laughs> name a bad movie, and he's probably been part of it. It's just like, oh nope, this movie has no chance. <laughs> uh, well, you don't think Transformers: Dark of the Moon is like a masterclass in storytelling? You're kidding me. <laughs> no, oh Ash. God. That movie. I forgot I saw that movie. It was so horrible. Uh, the only thing I liked about that movie was when my ears perked up for Sentinel Prime. And I was like, wait, that's Xehanort. Nice. And of course, everyone else is like, Kingdom Hearts, what's wrong with you? Why would you? Why would that be where you go? Yeah, but of course, that's where I would go. Go there instead of Spock. <laughs> exactly. Like, everyone, all my friends are like, it's Spock. Who's Xehanort? And I'm like, you know what? I need new friends. Why don't any of you know who Xehanort is? This is ridiculous. <laughs> who cares about Spock? Come on. Oh my gosh. I, think I know I... most. I know. Oh, I know. Trust me. I know what I actually just said there. I know oh, most yeah. people care about Spock, but I'm just like, come on. Nobody with me gets the Xehanort. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, Andre would be looking at you with just as much questions. <laughs> yep. Although you on the other side would have been like high-fiving me. Like, hell yeah, oh, yeah. Xehanort. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally, but... I appreciate both. <laughs> yeah. Just, I, you know, Xehanort. Um, trying to think of anything else is going on. In this, I mean, I guess we got... Uh, it's not part of the news thing. I just wanted to bring up real quick just to get our quick thoughts on it. But tonight is the uh, Splatfest for Splatoon 2 uh, starting for the whole day. And we got a bit of a surprise. I'm actually still very curious whether they're actually going to have this be the case in North America. <laughs> but for the Splatfest, it, of course, is mayo versus ketchup. But... They they actually changed the inks colors in Japan, so Team Mayo looks like they're squirting out mayo, and Team Ketchup looks like they're squirting out ketchup, or whatever else you might think they look like. <laughs> and, I don't know what you mean, Derek. Yeah, I have no idea. I just I'm just saying they could be maybe interpreted as other things. Uh, not sure what things. Like, like paint instead of ink, you mean? Right? Yeah, exactly. Just like paint, yeah. milk, milk, yeah, yeah milk, yeah, yeah, uh, barbecue totally. sauce, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, wait a minute, yeah. barbecue sauce. I've never seen white barbecue sauce. I'm talking about the ketchup. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, <laughs> wait a minute here. <laughs> no, that, no, no. Uh, horseradish sauce, sauce in that case. Ah, there you go, horseradish sauce. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we. St- I mean, obviously, it'll be a little bit late for now, but this will be a, a nice little time capsule. Do you think North America is going to keep it or not? Uh, uh, getting rid of that seems to be the kind of thing NOA would totally do. 
Mm-hmm. Like, but at the same time, it almost doesn't matter if they do or not because it's it's happening somewhere, and the internet is everywhere, and the internet is going to do their absolute worst. So it doesn't really matter <laughs> if NOA does it or not. But I could, I think they're going to keep it. I, I I actually think they're going to keep it. Mm-hmm. I think so too. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think they're going to keep it, and I'm. Well, I'm the one streaming it, so I'm looking forward to that chat. <laughs> That's going to be, yeah, yeah, Godspeed. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> and awful at the same oh, time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm probably up, you know, at that point, you just sort of have to embrace it. <laughs> oh, totally. And, and like I, I even said before, I think Nintendo has, because I, I sent you guys that picture of the very first, like, user doodle thing I saw in Inkopolis Square, and it was like a close-up of an Inkling girl's face saying, when she splats. And I'm like... You know what? I don't think Nintendo's trying at all anymore to moderate this stuff. Yeah, like, I think I think Miiverse broke them. They Miiverse <laughs> actually broke them. Oh yeah, like you'll see all kinds of random names in Splatoon or Mario Kart. Oh yeah, yeah. and it's like yeah. they don't care at all, and they're, they're, like hugely inappropriate names, and just like the and the pictures people are drawing clearly are not being filtered at oh. all. And personally, no. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. I just find it find it funny because you know. This is like a kid that an eight, like a game that an eight-year-old kid's gonna pick up and play. You know, Splatoon. It's cute. It's for kids. It's great. And then suddenly we have all these memes and like really inappropriate stuff that Nintendo isn't even trying to filter and out if, anymore. And I don't know how because it's been a while since I've played it, but played it. But I was uh, earning money today so I could uh, show off, properly show off the uh, the upcoming Splushomatic. And all the Meverse posts are talking about furries for some reason. <laughs> There's been a furry takeover of Inkopolis Square, and I, I don't know oh. why or the context behind it. But there, then there's this really precious one where there's somebody saying, I don't know what a furry is, but I appreciate all the dog pics. Nice. <laughs> Which is just kind of adorable. Like, I can just imagine like a 10-year-old saying that. That, and I really like this strange fixation on Nat 2. Have you guys been seeing all these Nat 2 posts in, in Inkopolis Square? No, I don't know what that is. So, well, Knack, you know, the, the PS4 exclusive Knack. Oh, Knack. The sequel, oh, Knack yeah. 2, yeah. And for whatever reason, Splatoon, Splatoon 2 players have this weird fixation on Knack 2 where there are a lot of posts in Inkopolis Square about, oh, looking forward to Knack 2, Knack 2 hype, and it's like, what? Like, where's the, what? Like, I, where's the connection there? Yeah, I have no idea. Other than it's just like, here's a meme, let's spread sure. it in Splatoon. Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. Like, I'll be shocked if we don't have a few, like, Crash Bandicoot woes in there. Yeah. yeah. I think it's much better this way, though. Because, like, if Nintendo actually was filtering this stuff, I mean, yeah, it would be, it would be more appropriate and safer. But at the same time, it would be so much less funny. Mm. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It'll be good up until the point they start spoiling Game of Thrones for Andre. <laughs> true. True. Well, Ash needs to be there to read it out loud, though. That's that is true. The key thing. Yeah, that's the, that's the most important part. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking of, real quick, before we move on to the news, Andre, uh, thoughts on Game of Thrones, the last two episodes, since we're behind a, a bit? Uh, yeah, so I think they finally made a good episode. I've not been a huge fan of the way the season began, but the last episode was really good, I thought. They finally got the pacing on track, and that ending scene was fantastic. Oh, so. yeah, it was so good. But my problem with the show, though, is... Well, I guess this is a... Well, actually, it's not really a spoiler, because... Well, it's a spoiler, so... If you haven't watched it, tune out for, like, a minute. <laughs> um, is that they're killing off all my favorite characters in the show. Like, by the time they get to the end, I'm not going to care about anyone left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you don't care about the Sand Snakes? <laughs> yeah, right. Or you care about the Sand Snakes, I should say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, let's be honest. At least some of the characters that are going out are going out in super badass ways. Like, 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 like you awesome said, way. the final scene, yeah. 
that's the only way that character could have gone out, and it's it was like beautiful. Oh yeah, they've been sitting on that for what four seasons now, I think. Something so, like that. Yeah, that fantastic. And to finally have it come out and just be like, I, like I had kind of forgot about that. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, same year. That whole thing, and uh, I mean, I, I know ep- the script for episode four has been leaked. Have you seen? Have you looked at it yet? I'm guessing no. not, because I have no, not either. Of course not. I'm avoiding it. Yeah, it's much better to actually in- experience it. The thing is, I have to basically stay off of. Twitter from Sunday night until about Monday at noon uh, because my friend that I watch it with is out of town. He's at a Star Trek convention uh, that he got the chance to go to, and he's not. Watch with him. I don't have a way to watch it. I watch it with him. Oh, I see. (laughs) Uh, Since I don't have HBO Now or anything, so use my account. I, I could. I'll just I'll watch it twice. But yeah, (laughs) there you go. Yeah, but that's the thing. I could. I'd have to avoid it until he gets back because once he gets back from his his trip, I'll pick. I'm gonna pick him up from the train station. Um, we're gonna go back to his place and watch it quick. <laughs> nice. So I'm hearing it's good from the people who are saying it, but I have no idea what it's what's gonna happen in it or anything like that. But you're right. It, three did pick up quite a bit, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I was definitely enraptured with that whole meeting that that occurred. <laughs> For sure. Well, I know I've said in the past that I've been kind of, you know, disappointed with one part of the show or another, but I actually kind of feel like both the games and the thrones are really on point this season. <laughs> oh, God. I had to mix it up. You know I had to get that in there, but I'm pretty sure you said literally the exact same thing before. No, before I said, you know what, this season the games are good, but the thrones are not. Oh, that was yeah, like that. You're yeah. right. We are yeah, getting so, much better, yeah. a much better balance now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, well, the good thing is, uh, Ash, is that after this season, you'll be able to just marathon the entire series and just catch up for the final, fi- the final season next uh, next year. That's possible, but you know, I, I, I don't know. I just I have a hard time getting into really long running series. Like even even new animes that I watch, I typically go for animes that are no longer than two seasons, pre- preferably one, because I just find it very difficult to get into shows that are that I know I have like eight or nine seasons ahead of me to watch. Like, I tried to get into Breaking Bad. I, I loved it. It was cool. I couldn't keep watching for eight or however many seasons it was, though. Like, I don't... It's yeah, just a thing with tiring. Me. Yeah, it's just like, when I know I have all that in front of me to get through, it just feels overwhelming, I guess. Yeah. Well, speaking of long-running series, uh, we should probably move it along here since Ash might be melting already. Oh, yeah, that's, that's very <laughs> yeah. true. So, all right, let's go ahead and jump into the news. And first up, uh, Super Mario Odyssey is going to be... Is, it looks to be... Uh, rated being rated E10 plus rather than the rather than the usual E, as well as the North American cover removing Sombrero Mario from it and instead of having Snorkel Mario, and uh, yeah, some just some minor changes here and there. But as far as E10 plus, I don't think this is a big deal, honestly. No, I mean Smash Brothers is rated teen before; it's not a big deal at all. Yeah, I don't know. Sound looks to me like Mario's going grimdark. You know what other <laughs> game? Uh, what other game from a long-running series that was always E-rated was also E10 plus, and that's Shadow the Hedgehog. So Super Mario Odyssey <laughs> equals Shadow the Hedgehog confirmed. Mario, Mario with a gun. <laughs> Grand- Mario with a gun. We yeah. just have a gun in uh, Mario and Rabbids. So. Oh, then I guess that is true. true. Yeah, that's I wouldn't be surprised Although, I mean, if that's yeah. rated teen. I, I, I think because the guns are so cartoony, like Shadow clearly had a real looking, he had real looking yeah, firearms true. to use, which is so stupid. But like, that's probably why it got the rating. It, well, it was E10 plus though, so mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So what do you think about Sombrero Mario though being removed? Do you think it means anything or do you think they're switching up the box art? 
I My think guess it's just is, is maybe there was some maybe somebody reached out possibly you know like a I don't know it, there could be some sort of like you know Mexican or Hispanic rights group that you know that said if something was offensive or cultural appropriation I feel like that could be the case mm-hmm. and if so I feel like Nintendo did the right thing I mean it's such a small change yeah we've, we've seen changes small changes like that before just to you know not, you know if it's offensive to somebody then it's offensive you know you got to take care of that but wouldn't the whole game be offensive or that whole section of the game be offensive I, to them it, theoretically yeah. and I the, honestly there's too much to take a, take away from it at that point like if you've yeah. seen Toaster Rena there's no there's it'd be a lot of work to remove all the sombreros and uh, ways everything's treated so at least maybe this is a nice mix or solution I don't know <laughs> Yeah, it does seem kind of like kind of a regular or like a random change to make if they weren't asked to by somebody. And it may just be that somebody contacted them. They're like, "Hey, if you could do this, that would be great." And they were like, "Well, you know, this is all in the game. We're not going to change the whole game, but we can at least meet you halfway and take it off the cover." Something, you know, maybe something like that. Yeah, or maybe just maybe getting ahead of it before anything bad happens. Granted, again, I would, I would probably guess more of that. That's yeah, true. Probably getting yeah. ahead of instead of any response to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's and you know that's probably in this day and age a good thing to do. I mean, yeah. It could also be totally unrelated. Maybe they're like, hey, we'd like it better with Snorkel Mario on there or something. Yeah, show yeah. swimming, vacation, yeah. all that stuff. Or I, don't I know. mean, are there any other examples of Mario swimming on the box? Because if not, then that may be why. They may have just wanted to show, hey, Mario also, there are water worlds in this game, too. Mm-hmm. Could be. Could be. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, as far as the writing, like, it's really not that big of a deal. Like, honestly, <laughs> nah. it might be because of the scariness of the T-Rex. Like, that's the only thing I can come up, come <laughs> yeah. up with. Uh, maybe it's scariness of those real humans right next to Mario, Mario. And who's a human. I'm actually thinking it's more that. I mean, it, it does seem like Mario Odyssey has is kind of weirdly more grounded in reality, at least in the New Doc City world. So yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like maybe just those realistic elements are kind of what landed that E10 Plus rating, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. That'd be something. I, don't know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're jumping on like actual humans. That's, so, that can't yeah. be good with their spots. <laughs> no. So it no. could be that. I mean, maybe it was just kind of overall. And like, you know, the, the whole. The whole theme of this game, like with the the main theme, like the jazzy main theme and Pauline singing, like there's definitely a different vibe here. So right. maybe it's just slightly scaled up from their usual, you know, E for everyone audience. Yeah, maybe. that could be. But overall, I don't think either of these are a huge deal. It's just, nah. yeah, the, natu- the natural changes and hopefully hopefully nobody gets upset about that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's it's. We'll see. <laughs> anyway, though, next bit of news is Dragon Quest XI has finally released in Japan. And true to the Dragon Quest series, it has sold over 2 million physical copies in just two days. There's no word about the digital copies sold yet. But one, uh, the 3DS version has sold 1.13 million, while the PS4 version has sold 950,000 in two days. Wow. That is just, I mean, Dragon Quest is a true phenomenon in mm-hmm. Japan. It really, and I mean, obviously it hasn't slowed down at all over the years, and I think it's very telling the fact that the 3DS version outsold the PS4 version, despite, you know, the fact that it looks completely different, the graphics are, you know, all retro, they're not, you know, super current, modern generation, beautiful graphics, and I think that says something, especially, obviously, about Japan's love of portable game systems, but it's kind of interesting, though, that, uh, you know, the, the current generation version sold worse actually worse in quotation marks i mean for comparison well, that's what i mean yeah. that's what i mean worse yeah not uh, less amazing <laughs> yeah let's let's put it that way for, for comparison's sake uh splatoon 2 sold i think like six hundred thousand in japan 
Wow. Which is still good, so, but... It's still great, yeah, but two million is... I mean, that's on its own level. Although, I don't think there's anything in Japan that can, you know, game-wise, that can compare to Dragon Quest no. in terms of sales speed. Not at all. And, I mean, I'll be honest, I did that stream of the 3DS version of um, Dragon Quest Eleven. It's good. It is so good. Yeah. Like, it is a much... Like, to me, this feels like a concerted effort to get new newcomers into the series because it is so much more I don't know there's much more happening in the opening two hours than any other Dragon Quest before it and like Dragon Quest 8 was the first one that was uh, the previous one that got into the action a little bit sooner and was also meant to get uh, newcomers into the series and uh, it, this is even faster than that like in the first two hours I'm getting chased by a dragon that never happens nice. uh, I have heard 11 likened to 8 in that sense that it, that it stands to appeal the most to like newcomers to the series mm-hmm. along with eight i could definitely see that and like i had a i had a ton of fun with it and in the 3ds version like i can actually see a lot of people double dipping for this game in japan like getting the ps4 nice. version and also having the 3ds version because the ps4 ps4 version you have this beautiful beautiful game but in the the, the 3ds version you have like sort of how they kind of look in Dragon Quest Seven and Eight, though, uh, Seven and Eight on the 3DS, how those look. Uh, still a little bit better though, because damn, this game is crisp. But then it also has an op- the option to play in basically Super NES mode, where the game is like looks like an SNES game instead, and how oh, it changes. Sick. And you can actually change. Like it starts out being able to have both like the top screen being the like the good looking the more modern one bottom screen is the classic one and uh you can eventually you have to choose one or the other but you can go to any church and change it at any time back and forth and just seeing how different they are is incredible and even the even the battle screen is more old school than the ds games for four five and six like they're going to like a window that pops up with the enemies on there they are going that old school with it it is it's they really are appealing to all demographics and all of them are quite fun so i can totally see why this game is just doing gangbusters over in japan even you know comparison to um previous titles that's super cool I love that, that is feature. really cool mm-hmm. like I, like they essentially made three versions of the same game that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's actually, no, that is really cool. And I like that you get, you can essentially choose whenever you want to, you know, what kind of graphics you want to see. Mm-hmm. It's, it's super cool. And I, I would, I would recommend it. Like, I'm so happy they announced that it's coming to the, to the U.S. Like, I am all over this game when it comes out in the U.S. Hopefully both versions will come. If we at least get the PS4 version, I'll be happy. Even if it's just the 3DS version, I'm still going to play it, but... It look like if you've not haven't seen the PS4 version yet. Holy crap! <laughs> nice. <laughs> so. Well, th- I have to say this actually reminds me of a, of a quick aside. But uh, Derek, you and I got to kind of uh, gush about the uh, Sonic Mania special stage reveal uh, mm-hmm. in, in the trailer earlier this week, and I just want to point out that I think it's amazingly awesome that they went out of their way to create a 3D special stage using low-poly assets that that really do look like they belong in the Saturn. Mm, yeah, that so, looks really cool. Uh, it's so cool. I just can't... Uh, it, I just love how it really does look like it is of the era. So I know exactly what you're talking about with this Dragon Quest Eleven being able to choose between, you know, SNES-style graphics or other. Yeah. Oh, I'm, it's it's just one of those nice little touches that they, like, appeal to the old school fans because I, I have a friend over in Japan right now and they said they, they told me that they saw uh, an old lady, an old Japanese lady on the train 
pull out a 3DS and start playing Dragon Quest XI. That's how universal this series is. That's amazing. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Sonic Mania, real quick, Andre, do you, do you have any plans to play it? Like, I know you're not a huge Sonic fan, but are you at yeah, least no, interested? I want to. Nice. I think it looks. I think it looks really cool. Yeah, I'm nice. curious to try it. So, you know, we'll see if I like it more than the other classic Sonics. But yeah, I'm really intrigued by what I see. I think they're doing an awesome job. Um, I'm like, I think I'm, I'm way more excited for that than I am Sonic Forces. <laughs> oh, I think most people <laughs> I think are. <laughs> most of us are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and I, I still maintain that I'm looking forward to that in its own way. But no, if I had to choose between one, it would be Sonic Mania. And I think right. most people would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want now. I want Nintendo to do a proper. 2D Mario like that does not new Super Mario Brothers, right? Yeah, I think seriously. that would be so cool to get like a get a get an original like 2D Mario game that looks like Super Mario Maker, but you know like the the HD Super Mario World or Mario Three, but exactly. it's a fully original game. I want that oh, so much. It would be so great. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'd love that. Just go old school, get like a Super Mario World Two or something like that. Well, it kind of got that with Yoshi's mm-hmm. Island. <laughs> Like, I mean, what I wish they had done now is, you know, they could keep the stupid name being New Super Mario Brothers, but have actually emulate the more classic visuals much closer than they actually ended up doing. And then do that for every classic Mario game. Do New Super Mario Brothers 2, New Super Mario Brothers 3, and New Super Mario World. You know, oh, I would love that, that they really have retained, cool. like, stuck more closely to those original games while expanding on it as if they were actual sequels. I would love that. That'd be cool. Right? Yeah, I would be all about that, especially, I mean, God, if we got new games done in the visual style of Mario 3 and Mario World, and Mario 2, I mean, God, that would be sick. I want it so bad, yeah, like HD assets, and exactly like you said, Andre, what Sonic Mania is doing, but with better pixel animation, you know, just bringing it in subtly in line with current generation technology, but keeping that old school look. Yeah. Like, the closest thing we've gotten, I would say, was when I replayed Mario 3, the GBA version that came to the Wii U Virtual Console, and it had right. all the e-reader levels. I'd never played those before, and that was awesome. It was like it was almost like a brand new, smaller version of Mario 3 right there. Yeah. And I'm like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> I, oh, I wish. Maybe Nintendo will take note? Probably not. <laughs> yep. Probably. We'll see. Man, we'll yeah. See. But... Well, next up, we also got news from WayForward that the King's the King Knight campaign will be playable at PAX West. This is the final piece of DLC for Dra- for Shovel Knight, and I know you're excited for this, Ash, right? Oh my God, yes! I, I can't wait. I don't even know what it, what it's going to be about. I don't know how they make a whole story about King Knight becoming rich or whatever they're going to make it about. But you know, King Knight doesn't care about taking over the world. He's not really an evil dude so much as he's just kind of obnoxious and gaudy and loves himself so how do you anchor an entire campaign around that i cannot wait to find out <laughs> yeah you two will both be going to pax west correct yeah yeah, yeah. and tom as well oh nice yeah, so nice the entire west coast crew nice <laughs> yeah <right>. so <laughs> i actually i found out just uh this week actually that i'll be going to pax west for work purposes but i'm not going to be working the entire time so when i'm not working there i'll be you know available or on hand for appointments or whatever so we will all be there in various capacities Cool. It's perfect. Yeah, that'll work out. And I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on King Knight, uh, Ash, because you're obviously the Shovel Knight guy around here. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing my thoughts on King Knight. I, I can't wait to see what it's all about. So Just keep yeah. watching your own review over and over. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, the, also, uh, since we're just on a classic kick here, it seems, uh, Nintendo has finally come out and said that the SNES Classic will be made available for pre-order by the end of August and are promising even more um, uh, 
units. Like, I was units, looking for the yeah. proper thing. Units, yeah, for the uh, for the actual release. Do you believe them? <laughs> why? I mean, I don't believe anything Nintendo says, but why couldn't they have said this, you know, a few weeks ago when they announced it? Why hold off this long in announcing when pre-orders will actually go live? Because Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much the answer. I, I, yeah. well, I understand. I don't know if it's true, but I heard rumblings that the reason pre-orders may have been delayed here was because Nintendo failed to file an FCC thing on time or something. Maybe. I don't know if that's uh, actually true. I but. think, I'll, yeah, I think I was reading that that wasn't true, but oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I could be mistaken. So, Who knows? yeah, it's, I will believe it when I see it. I mean, I, I'm go. looking forward to being able to pre-order this thing. I hope, but I will believe that this will have a smooth rollout when I see it. Because, yeah. you know, the really the the onus is on Nintendo to prove that they're not going to screw this up again, like they did with the NES Classic. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I we'll think, see. I, I do believe them that there will be more units. I mean, I yeah. think there has to be. Uh, they saw how successful the NES was, but whether there'll be enough, probably not. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, I think there will be more units. It's just a matter of whether those units are managed well and, and, right. and delivered to stores in a timely fashion. That's the part I don't know if I trust Nintendo with. But I do believe yeah. they are actually manufacturing more units, for sure. Like one more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a single one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I basically have a plan in play where like, when pre-orders go up, hopefully I'll be able to get one. If I get one, I'm solid. If I don't, well, I might be going showing up to a... GameStop or Best Buy really early in the morning yeah. <laughs> camping out because yeah. I mean just the f- pure fact that it has Star Fox 2 included whether or not the game's actually oh, good I'm so stoked for that I love that yeah god I'm excited that's so sick it's it, plus yeah. just the lineup is really really good yeah. I, I, I need it <laughs> I need to actually yeah. get this one I missed out on the NAS Classic and I wasn't too bent out of shape about it but Missing out on it's this, gonna be huge. yeah, yeah. I need this more. Uh, no, I, I hear so. you. Like, I, I have an NES Classic, but I like, and I'm happy I have it. But if I had to choose or like, you know, trade it for an SNES Classic, I would in a second. Oh yeah, I think most people would. Yeah, mm-hmm. just such a great lineup. So, fingers crossed, I can actually get it. I mean, if Nintendo acts the way they did before, Andre, I mean, you shouldn't have any problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With the yeah. Well, yeah. Here's hoping. <laughs> Seriously. But uh, yeah, we'll see if Nintendo holds true. I'm, I, I'll see. I'll believe it when I see it. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> but the final bit of news we have this week is a Monster Hunter Double Cross demo is coming to the Switch very soon. I believe August 9th, I want to say, but I'm not positive on that one. Uh, but uh, Capcom was also stated that the success of this game will dictate their how much they're involved with the system. Now they say that, but they also announced that they are bringing Resident Evil Revelations 1 and 2 to the Switch. So there's already at least a little bit more support. But honestly, to me, that's... I think that it's going to be fine. Capcom's probably going to have plenty of support for the the Switch based on Monster Hunter just because it's going to sell gangbusters in in Mm -hmm. Japan. Like, I'm pretty sure their stock went up, or Nintendo's stock went up when it was announced that that, that Double Cross was coming to the Switch. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, and the really dumb thing about this is this is what they also said about Ultra Street Fighter 2, and then Against all odds, Ultra Street Fighter 2 moved, like, I think 400, four, four, Six, 400 to 500,000 units. Yeah, or is it 600? Right. I might have got okay. up to 600. I'm not positive. Well, either way, it was a, it was a smash hit, according to, their words, uh, according to their words, for them. They were happy with its performance, and that's what they said about Ultra Street Fighter 2. It's like, if this does well... We're going to support the Switch more. And how they're saying this about Monster Hunter, I'm so sick of how Capcom's handling this. Look, I get, I totally get that everyone got burned in the Wii U. Totally get it. 
But Nintendo has more than proven now that the Switch has momentum. It's keeping that momentum. This isn't rocket science, guys. Like, you it's have not. franchises and people want on Switch. Like, Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I totally agree with you. And also, like, you could say, you know, that we also did well. But the difference is the Switch doesn't have, like, it's not hinged on a major, like, gimmick that would appeal right. to more casual people. Mm-hmm. Um, or mostly casual people, I, I suppose. Uh, this is a hard, this seems to be like a hard, a more hardcore platform, and I think right now, um, I think there's a good chance for, I mean, we're seeing it right now a little bit, you know, conventional games will do well on the Switch, and I think we're going to see that once Rocket League hits the system, I think that's going to do super well. Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. Uh, so hopefully that further, you know, continues uh, more third-party support coming to the Switch, uh, because I think they're kind of leaving money on the table right now, especially with the fact that there are some gaps in the lineup that they could be filling, and they're just kind of leaving money on the table. Yeah. Um... The, Maybe explain to me why Mega Man Legacy Collection Two is coming out next week. I was just about week. to say that. Well, PS4 and Xbox One, yeah. and no, what? And not like, the Switch. Well, that that makes well, no sense. The Disney Collection Two. Yeah. yeah, and the Dis- those sell themselves. Disney and Mega Man sell themselves on Nintendo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I don't. I mean, why would you? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the, what I said before was that maybe Legacy Collection Two began development before Nintendo had a clear picture of the Switch, and that may be the case, but. Or, I'm sorry, before Capcom had a clear picture of the Switch and how it would do. But now that it's there, I mean, it's clear it's clear that the Switch is here to stay and its momentum is being carried for us. So why still play coy about supporting the Switch? At this point, you should... I mean, they already confirmed Resident Evil Revelations, which people reacted very happily to. Mega Man isn't rocket science. Like, that <laughs> be- 1 through 10 belong on the Switch mm-hmm. in a portable fashion. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Disney Afternoon Collection. Like, I don't know why they're being so weird about this. I have yeah. no clue. The only thing I can think of, the best way they could solve this is just having a legacy collection complete. Just put out all ten games. Yeah. And maybe even sweeten the deal and try to get people to buy even more of this by maybe adding in Mega Man oh. and Base and then offering up as potential DLC on the other systems. Yeah. Here's I'm, a real question. Yeah. When uh, when is Resident Evil 4 hitting the Switch? Oh, it'll happen eventually. Yeah. There's no way that <laughs> yeah, will sure, happen. Sure it will. Yeah. I don't think Resident Evil 4 has missed a single system since it's been released. <laughs> Even hit yeah. iPhone, so yes, this it ha- is true. It has to happen eventually. And yeah. I do think that the Revelations games are going to be great on Switch. Like, I think they're a great fit for that. And I'm actually really looking forward to seeing how they transfer over graphically. Like, I think those are really, really great games to have on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, Capcom has a great lineup that they can put on here. People are dying for uh, Double Cross to come to, this, uh, to come to the States because I, I know plenty of Monster Hunter fans that saw this announcement is like, yes, and then even before this announcement, it's like, we want Monster Hunter on the Switch. It is perfect for that. Give it to us. And they're getting it, but only in Japan. So, yeah. Come on, Capcom. You, but, you could be smart about this. By the way, I just want to point out really quick, a, quick, a very, very quick search on VG Charts revealed that Mega Man Legacy Collection on 3DS sold more than twice the amount it did on PS4. And it came out, like, six months later. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So, what? Like, they're leaving money on the table. Yeah. Completely here. Straight up. Totally. That is unbelievable. Actually, no, that's horrible. (laughs) It's just, it's like, Uh, yeah, what are they thinking here? I mean, I think, I mean, I think part, well, actually, yeah, no. I mean, part (laughs) of the problem with with the games in general is that, you know, you're going to see the releases lag behind just because companies are now, you know, are only now realizing, or a few months ago, Hey, we should be bringing games to the platform, but it's going to take some time to bring them here. But with some of these smaller titles, you would think that'd be less of an issue. So yeah, yeah, yeah. and you keep hearing that the Switch is really not that hard to develop for. So I would, 
Like, I can't imagine a port would take too long, but who knows. Right. Yeah, I mean, all that said, I kind of do feel like, feel like the writing's on the wall. Like, if they already announced Resident Evil Revelations, we got Monster, Monster Hunter coming, I kind of feel like within the year, if not even within the half year, we'll see one of the Legacy Collections at least announced for Switch. Maybe not both, but I mm-hmm. bet I bet they will both eventually come, and I bet we get the first one announced within six months. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually be, I'm going to be very curious to see what Sonic Mania sells the best on. Me too. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. I'm... Yeah, we'll see about that one, but it's going to sell well. But I just see who, see what system. <laughs> it better sell well because they've already said many times over at Sega that Sonic Mania sales are going to inform you know later 2D Sonic titles if they're going to keep going in that direction and kind of splinter the series like that. And of course, more people want games in this style, so go out and buy Mania. Don't sleep <laughs> on this, please. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, yep, well, that's all the news from this week, uh, Eclectic Mix, but let's go ahead and jump into our topics, and as always, for just $1 a month, you guys can support us on uh, uh, Patreon, and get these podcasts three days early every Friday, as well as offer up topics like the ones we have here. So, uh, Andre, since you've been away, why don't we start with yours first? All right, so, uh, Soon Lee, Lore, asks, Hey, GX, since we know a lot about your gaming platforms, both past and present, uh, how about you guys talk about what other tech is part of your life? Like what phones, computers, etc. do you use, and what and why do you use that particular product? Does your criteria of selecting game platforms also transition into other areas of your life? Uh, so yeah, I mean, day-to-day, I use a Windows PC made by... <laughs> I don't remember where I bought it. Anyways, yeah, Windows PC. Uh, use an Android phone, an actual, like, the, uh, the Nexus line, the 6P. So, I like... I, I'm, I'm, I'm a total, like, I'm... If there's a Google product, I am using the Google version of it. Or, like, I'm all in on the Google stuff. I use Google Docs. I use uh, Gmail. Everything Google. So that's why I use Android. Um, it just syncs up with my life better. And also, I've got Pebble Watch. Like, that's a big part of also just my day-to-day stuff. And I just always wear it. It tracks my sleep. I like it. So, yeah, I mean, I think I, that covers most of Oh, and then I have a Chromebook as well. So, <laughs> again, Google. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if it's not Windows, it's pretty much Google. I see. Okay. I, I have a feeling it's um, going to be a similar situation with Ash, just Apple. <laughs> That's exactly what I was <laughs> yeah, going right. to say. Like, it is literally the same situation for the same reasons, just on the other side of the line. So I have an iPhone 7 Plus. Um, I've had iPhones for years, just kind of upgrading intermittently. And I have a MacBook Pro. That's my main computer. Um, it's like a late, I think it's like a late 2014 MacBook Pro or no, late 2015 MacBook Pro. So it's somewhat recent. And um, it's really, you know, for the same reason. Apple does a great job of keeping people within their ecosystem. I like that everything just works. My phone works with everything in my life. You know, my music syncs up with everything. I've got, you know, you guys know how it is. If, you, mm-hmm. if you're in a certain platform's ecosystem, they do a great job of keeping you within that ecosystem. So really, it's just more out of necessity. And I mean, I have things about Apple that drive me crazy. I'm not like a diehard Apple fan. But in general, I find the computer's much more fun and much easier to use than Windows machines and I just much more I guess just a pleasant user experience for me and I part of that is also because I grew up with Macs like I think my the first computer my family ever owned when I was a kid was a super old Apple Centris 610 mm-hmm. and then my, my parents just kept buying Macs from then on and so I kind of never had a chance to get into Windows from a young age and so I just kind of always kept you know, my, myself in the Mac line, and that kind of also informs why I never became a PC gamer, because obviously the Mac gaming scene was crappy for a long time, and it <laughs> still isn't great. 
Um, so, you know, I just never really got a chance to get into PC games because I was more of a Mac guy. So, yeah, I, I, I will probably, for the foreseeable future, continue getting iPhones and whatnot. I, I also have an iPad, but I very rarely use it anymore. So, that was mm -hmm. an iPad Air. So, yeah, basically the same situation as Andre, just on the other side of the line. It's funny because I'm, I'm a bit of a mix. Like, I have an my phone is an iPhone uh, 5S. <laughs> I'm a little behind the a bit behind the times there, but I've always stuck with PC. I've never really had a Mac or used any of those for that, lot, uh, for that long. Right now I have a Asus laptop. It's a bit of a beast. Uh, it's a gaming laptop. I forget exactly what what brand it is because when you go into a PC, it's, it's, there's all these crazy names that I can never keep track of. <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's designed for me to be able to uh, handle whatever situation. It's just huge because of that. Um, and then I, ha I have – I don't have a tablet at all. I've never really bothered – never really needed a tablet. Never really felt like I did. Never got um, uh, like a oh, – I'm trying to think like a – a reader, yeah. Not, I'm, I'm trying oh, to think Kindle? of a Kindle. Thank you. I was trying to oh, think of sure, a like digital readers, digital yeah, reader, okay. or anything like that. Never got anything like that. Uh, I got gifted a Chromecast once, and that's been actually I do kind of like that because I can put on Netflix or um, or the YouTube Chromecast also. and just put it on the TV and just lay in bed and watch whatever. So that's I probably use that the most. Um, but otherwise, Chromecast is the switch of the TV. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's funny. I've never really. I mean, I could get a Chromecast, but I already use. I have a, I have a smart TV that has YouTube built in, and I have my PS4 and my Switch, and what a million other gaming systems that can do Hulu and Netflix and everything. So I don't mm -hmm. know if I strictly need a Chromecast, but I do have a smart TV, at, which I also use to watch YouTube and stuff. So I guess that's also part of my technological mm -hmm. life. Yeah, I I wouldn't probably use the Chromecast that much if I had a, a, a setup like yours. But uh, when I got my big TV, I put my old old TV in my bedroom and have it set up as a way for me to just watch something while I'm in my bedroom and not in the living room if I just feel like laying sure. down. And uh, it's perfect for that since it is an older TV. Like, I've had this TV since I've been in college. So it's just sort of stuck nice. with me. Because uh, that's the thing. I don't other than that, I really don't have much other tech stuff. I don't have like a Fitbit or any any kind of crazy watches or stuff like that. It's just I stay yeah. very basic and enjoy my games <laughs> or whatever else might pop up so yeah i'm i'm actually kind of under tech compared to a lot of people hey if you, what you have works for you that's all that matters yeah yeah although speaking of like first computers i, I still remember the, our, my family's first computer was like a tandy like a hand-me-down tandy <laughs> where they nice. had this green screen with the most basic programs and yeah <laughs> it was oh yeah uh yeah, my my first computer was a like nineteen eighty something laptop. Uh, I had only a blue screen, like it displayed two shades of blue. Oh my gosh! And it had a massive brick sized battery. The thing was huge. It would last like an hour or something. <laughs> uh, gotta, gotta love the old school tech. <laughs> That's oh, for yeah. sure. Oh goodness. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else that I. Use. I mean, I, you, you got me into Google Docs as well because when I got it, I was going to pay the money for Microsoft Office and, you, and Andre was like, no, no, don't waste your money, dude. Just use Google Docs. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'll, I'll try it. And, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. It, you know, it's, it's a, that's the weird thing about me is I it takes me a while to get accustomed to change. But once I do, I'm good. It's just 
that yeah. it's yeah it's I resist change pretty uh, uh, quite a bit. <laughs> so you do you you are so against us moving to Slack mm-hmm. when we when we first when I first proposed that idea. I was like, guys, trust me. I'm using it in my new job. It's so good. And Andre's like, yeah, you know, I think I'm kind of this is cool. I'm on board with this. You're like, no, <laughs> no, I want Skype, and I don't want to change. It was um, <laughs> you were so against it at first. Yeah, well, that's just because I was like, I have like have everybody I talk to on Skype. I don't have to right. have multiple programs. Now I have Slack and I because of the the thing uh, helping out these guys uh, for this upcoming charity marathon that's actually starting tomorrow for those watching uh, for um, the uh, on Patreon uh, called Platform Mania uh, just raising money for a charity and uh, all that uh, they they they're talking on Discord, so I had to actually get Discord now. So still don't know that much about it, but at least I I have it so I can talk with them because they're going to be using Discord to chat rather than Skype. So yeah, I mean, again, you just need to give me that shove in order to actually use the new tech. But <laughs> I do resist. <laughs> well, it's great because now you've got the riffraff on Skype, and you've got the two most important people. On Slack. Yeah, so, you are the only two I talk to on Slack. <laughs> yeah. I use it for nobody else. Actually, yeah, same here, so that is true. <laughs> I, I, I must confess that that is one of four open channels on my Slack. Or our channel is one of four open channels on my Slack at any given time. But I do find it very convenient to have all of my work and fun communications centralized into one program. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see For that. sure. Yep. Uh, well, Ash, do you want to uh, do your topic next, or should I go? Uh, why don't you go ahead and go? Okay. Mine comes from Victor Espino, who says, Greetings, GX crew. I've got a fun question for you. Who was your first fictional crush? Could be from video games, movies, cartoons. Doesn't even have to be your first. Could just be your favorite. Just a character you remember growing attached to in that stomach full of butterflies way. As always, thanks, thanks for all that you do, and hope you have a great day. So I thought this one was kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Man. I have a hard time thinking of first fictional crush. I um, I mean, I think... I'm glad you chose this topic. Then. Yeah. Well, no, I, know I have a few. I can't remember the first, but I have a few. I have a few listed. Okay. Uh, I mean, I mean, Ariel, <laughs> if we're going Disney movies, like young age. Uh, yeah. Ariel was definitely one of the first ones. Jessica Rabbit. That was also okay. an early one. As far as video games, um, actually, my my favorite girl from Ocarina of Time was actually Malin. <laughs> like nice. Uh, all the, there's tons of girls in that one, but Malin was always my favorite. I just like that. I don't know, country feel uh, feeling to her and all that. And of course, when, for first RPG RPG being Final Fantasy VII, Tifa crush. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to jump in with that one because I feel like a lot of you know kids growing up and hitting their teen years like we did right as ff7 came out mm. like tifa was a big first you know fictional crush i think for a lot of people you know a lot of boys at that age so <laughs> i can definitely jump in with tifa for sure uh ariel as well i think that's maybe kind of a common one but i also want to yeah, put probably. out uh jasmine yeah i definitely had kind of a fictional crush on jasmine when i was a kid i mean really insert disney princess here right sure sure <laughs> good point um, very good point yeah yeah i would say yeah tifa for sure Belle, but i would also say about princess Oh, she became a. She's a part of the princess. Yeah, so line. She did become a princess. Yeah, nice. So, um, I would also say, actually, kind of Marley and Luca from Chrono Trigger, because I was, you know, like 12, 13 when I first played Chrono Trigger, and I, I liked them. I had kind of a crush on them both in different ways, because you know, Luca was kind of that nerd, but Marley had that she'd tomboy be a gamer, princess going saying. on. Yeah, she'd be a gamer, <laughs> but Marley had that tomboy princess thing going on. So 
Yeah, and then of course there's Ayla, and Ayla kind of speaks for herself with the, way, <laughs> with the way she's dressing. You know, what what kid that age isn't going to be like, oh, okay, or what it's, boy? It's that funny. Age. She does she does speak for herself while barely being able to speak for herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny. So yeah, I mean, I think pretty much yeah, like any uh, you know like straight kid at that age, I was definitely like yeah, like all the females in Chrono Trigger were kind of yeah, like had a bit of a crush. I mean, it kind of makes sense because there's a lot of character development in those games, too. You actually kind of feel like you kind of know these people as characters, or these characters as people, I should say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, that's actually a good point, because I was thinking when I was, like, trying to think of my answers for this question, I realized I didn't really have many video game-related answers before I got into RPGs. Mm -hmm. Because I was, like, trying to think before I got into, like, you know, FF6 was my first big RPG, and I'm thinking, well, okay, not, like, Princess Peach. I'm okay, got the Mario characters, we've got, like, Mega Man characters, we've got, like, you know, I'm trying to think of pre-RPG characters, but no. I I think you're onto something. It's because they're meant to be these characters whom you learn to, you know, they grow as people, as fictional characters. That's true. Because, yeah, I don't care about Mega Man characters, but then there's (laughs) there's Roland Legends, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a great, yeah, that's a, that's a great example. Like, Roll Casket is much more, yeah, like, she's appealing in a way that, yeah, obviously, like, Roll from the Mega Man classic isn't. And even, like, even in, in universe, of course, you're playing as Mega Man, and she's got a crush on Mega Man. So it's kind of like, yeah, you can, you know, appreciate that <laughs> aspect of her character. So I guess as part of that, so we're, so I don't know if there was ever, like, a proper crush or anything, but in Harvest Moon, which in hindsight might be one of the earliest, like, somewhat mainstream dating simulators in a way uh-huh. yeah. uh i i always no matter how i play the game a ton no matter what i can never bring myself to go for to try and get anyone else but karen the blonde that oh, yeah. was, was she the drunk she, worked, she was she, no uh maybe uh, I, I remember i remember being oh she worked at the bar yes yeah, she worked at the bar you, right? so yeah. I, I don't think that makes her a drunk she's probably one of the more responsible no, ones in the village right. there no i always know that if you <laughs> if you gifted her alcohol she was yours she was so easy to uh build up the hearts how did you play harvest moon <laughs> I, like i'm loving i've never played a harvest moon game but i'm loving that this was apparently part of the first one i don't remember i don't think you could give drinks in the first one though. no I, could you? no I no think. i think it was in i'm thinking harvest moon 64 and back to nature those were my okay, those yeah, my okay. harvest moon games so the, i played some i played back to nature or whichever the uh, gba one was but the the two i mostly played was the original and then i moved on to harvest moon 64 mm-hmm. uh but yeah karen is where it's at i always had to marry her so I had to make her you know had to have her on the farm. <laughs> <laughs> At least she never went for the pink haired girl. I remember her being always being the most annoying. Popery? Yeah, Popery, that's it. Yeah. I don't think she was in I don't know if she was in the original. I think she might have been introduced in Harvest Moon sixty four. Or I guess well, I think they had different characters between the two regardless. Oh, so. okay. Maybe. Yeah. I can't quite remember. You know, I just thought of one other character who's a pretty deep cut and she and, and she's from a kind of like an action arcade beat em up, so no character development. But when I was like a little kid, I would always play as Tyrus Flair in Golden Axe because she's running around in a bikini, and it was great. <laughs> like I, I totally was into that. Like I, I think I, my uh, my buddy and I at the time, we were in an arcade playing gold, like uh, staying at a lodge with our families and playing in the arcade. They had Golden Axe, and I was like ten or eleven, and I would always pick Tyrus Flair because yeah, you know she's it's completely impractical. She's fighting orcs and goblins in a two piece bikini, but you know when you're an eleven year old straight boy, it's like okay, this is pretty cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like okay, I'm down with this. Yeah, I, that's. I, I'm actually still struggling to think, struggling to think of non RPG or like long form adventure games where I'm not where I had a crush, and I honestly can't think of any because I never had a crush on Peach. 
That, no. That was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially, especially the Mario Sunshine version. Right. She's just a complete idiot. Yeah. Mama? <laughs> it's like, you, Peach, you should remember this. If, he's your, if you're the mama, you should remember this. Yeah, there's a few things. Or Mario? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God. They really just ruined that character in that one game. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. I love, how, I love how you found a way to like turn that into a Super Mario <laughs> Sunshine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although, I will say, Striker's Daisy. <laughs> Yeah, well, strikers, Mars, strikers, yeah. anyone, strikers in general. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I have a crush on Waluigi in that game. Okay? <laughs> fair point, fair point, fair point. <laughs> oh goodness, I remember. Actually, I do remember Samus being one because my friend would be like, "No, no, no! You can actually see her like uh, specifically Super Metro. Like, if she dies, you get to see her in her bathing suit and whatnot. Or if I you beat her fast enough, you get to see her in her like outside of the armor, and she's in like a bikini or whatever. And it's like showing that off. Like, I think that encouraged him to speed run just because he, so he could get that reward. Oh, that's I mean that was the whole sole reason for speed running back in the day. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean yeah. keep in mind too, this is in an era where. Like, you would hear the rumor of it, but you had no way to confirm that that actually happened until you did it yourself or had a friend do it for you. That is right. true. Like, I mean, even even because, you know, the original Metroid, like, you know, it obviously got played by that generation. But I feel like even by Super Metroid, it wasn't especially common knowledge that Samus was female for some people. So right. that was still kind of a revelation for people, even three games into the series. Like, whoa, she's a, she's a woman. Like, <laughs> that still was surprising back then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's just funny to think like man you could definitely tell we did not have the internet <laughs> yeah I think my favorite incarnation of Samus because you know like it seems like from game to game it, well now they've settled on design but before from game to game her you know her human appearance would change pretty drastically but I think my favorite version of her has always been like the zero mission fusion style kind of that slight anime vibe but still very much within like realistic proportions and not the mm-hmm. team ninja version yeah I agree with that it's also yeah. weird going back to Metroid Prime and getting 100% and she only takes off her helmet there but that that super realistic face that is weird. It's weird. Now. I don't like it. Yeah, it's not my uh-huh. favorite version of Samus at all. Wait, sorry, which one? Metroid Prime. Uh, Metroid Prime 1. Oh, no way. See, that's where we disagree. Really? I loved what the, I loved how she looked in Metroid Prime 1. They actually felt I mean, she looked like a real person. True. I appreciate yeah. that. She looked like an actual human being. And I think that would be And they f- turned her I think it'd be fine if it wasn't the others. Anime monstrosity in two and three. Yeah, because they were trying to yeah, go for a more I, consistent yeah. one. Yeah, I see. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. I, I, in that sense, I would say, yeah, in a way, that's the best. I think I just mean in terms of her stylized look. I yeah. like that kind of in between. Like, obviously, Team Ninja went way too far the other way with Metroid Other M, but I, I like that kind of in between form she has in uh, like Fusion, like in Fusion's cutscenes and Zero Mission's cutscenes. I can see that. I mean, yeah, I'm more accepting of it in the 2D games versus yeah. the 3D games. Like the 3D ones are by their nature more realistic, and that's sure. where the artist art style that went for the second and third ones for Samus like totally threw me off compared to the first one. I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that only throws me off in retrospect, just because they finally have settled on the look. Is like uh, retrospect. Ah, ah, <laughs> I meant to do that, <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, cool. All right. Yep. Well, my my questions, uh, this or my topic, uh, actually I have, I have two ones because they're interrelated and they were right next to each other and they were the same question. So I'm like, you know what? I got to take these. So <laughs> from uh, Chris, Carpenter, uh, Chris Carpenter asks, 
what are some of your favorite movies of all time? And then right below that, Lucio Soul also asked, hey guys, you talk a lot about movies, but never really mentioned favorites. So my question is, what are some of your favorite movies of all time, and what genres do you usually like? Thanks for the pod. I love saving it for Monday work days. Well, first of all, thanks to both of you for the topic and for listening uh, mm-hmm. every week. And uh, yeah, some movies. Um, I, I pretty much will watch anything. Um, I, I'm not really, you know, genre specific. I'll watch everything. I do tend to love horror movies. I also really like, this is going to sound weird when I put it like this, but I love bad movies. And what I, what I mean by that <laughs> is I love obviously really bad movies like The Room and, and things like that. So I love watching like Street Fighter, the original, so stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, some of my favorites include, uh, let's see, Up is, is probably, it's like one of my very favorites. Lost in Translation is up there. Uh, the Incredibles, uh, The Lion King. Uh, what else? There are so many. Um, <laughs> God, even Inside Out might be one now. That was so good. Um, so, yeah, I have a, quite a few favorites, but there are a few off the top of my head. What about you guys? I mean, I'm sort of with you with genres. I, I'll watch most genres. Uh, horror, I don't watch too much just because I don't usually have somebody to watch it with, uh, even though sure. I know there's some good ones out there. Um, but as far as my favorites, uh, Hot Fuzz, I think that might be my favorite. Oh, yes! I think that might be my favorite movie of all time. Uh, just I've watched it so many times, and it's so incredibly rewatchable. Uh, and yeah. I just love it. I love it so much. Like I was a fan of Shaun of the Dead, and Hot Fuzz is just better. And it was a little bit of disappointing going from Hot Fuzz to World's End, which is fine, but just d- definitely was. not as good. Uh, nice to see um, Edward Wright, uh, Edgar Wright get his groove back with Baby Driver, which is definitely up there, but not quite to the bit, to Hot Fuzz levels. I'd have to I'll have to rewatch it a few times to see if it reaches Hot Fuzz levels. But that is that is likely one of my favorites. But I'm also a big Disney fan. Like I like most of the Disney movies and Pixar movies. Like those are easily rewatchable and fun to see. And you know they got the other classics like Princess Bride. Uh, that's a, that's always a fun one. Um, oh yeah. Trying to th- trying to think of any others. Oh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? That's another one that's super high on the list. Can really rewatch and it still looks amazing to this day. Uh, I love yeah, it that does. movie. It really does. Um, oh, um, that's one of the few movies that's actually animated at 24 frames per second the entire time, just to keep up with the live action. Yeah. Whereas most movies, you know, they they alternate frames or you know, or like half the frame rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Do other tricks, but yeah, having. Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's amazing how well that movie holds up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, trying to think of any others, but those are the big ones. But what about you, Andre? Oh, uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't have an exact order, but one of my favorite movies in general is 2001 A Space Odyssey. I think that nice. movie is just super impressive, uh, both visually and from a story perspective. Like, it kind of leaves it up to you to discern what exactly is happening, <laughs> especially <laughs> at the end of the movie. Um, I love it, though, and I think those effects still hold up, like, amazingly well. Like, I know a lot of people point to Star Wars, of course, from the era, and for its time, it looked amazing. But it doesn't hold up nearly as well as 2001 Space Odyssey does from a visual perspective. Uh, the Wrestler is probably one of my more... It's also one of my favorite movies that's more modern. Um, like, I just felt... It just gave a... Like, the characters just felt real. Like, it felt like... I mean, it felt like this world existed. Uh, it, it, I just I just loved that movie. I was enraptured when I first saw it. Uh, let's see. Matrix, I think, is one of the best action movies ever made. It nice. had a... Uh, you know, a compelling story to go along with it, and the effects also like was you know it was revolutionary when it came oh, yeah. out. Obviously, um, like comedy wise, I would say uh, Zoolander is oh, one of my yes. go tos. That movie, <laughs> yeah. that movie just somehow gets even better with age. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really feel dated at all. 
And also had the 2001 Space Odyssey reference, so <laughs> points for that. <laughs> and let me think, what else? There was one more I wanted to mention. Uh, I guess I about covers it for now. So yeah, those are some of my favorites. Uh, I thought of a couple more modern favorites that I have while we were listing off ours. Uh, two more that I really, really love are Casino Royale, the, the oh, James Bond movie. Nice. Easily my favorite of all the recent Bond movies and, and, and the Daniel Craig movies. I think it's probably my favorite Bond movie, period. And um, also uh, Inception. I adore that movie to death. Um, so those are two, two other favorites. And also purely from a visual standpoint, not from a storytelling standpoint, but just the, the visuals, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, I I yeah. adore that movie. Just looking at it. No, I actually I, I agree with Scott uh, Scott Pilgrim. I, it's funny thing with Scott Pilgrim is there's, it's kind of bashed into my head because uh, there's just so many memorable experiences with it for me. Because when I went to see it in the theaters, I was the only one in the theater, and I, was, wow. and I, I went opening week. So I was like, oof, this game this did not yeah. do well in the theater. Oof. But then I I picked it up on Blu-ray, uh, and when I first moved in, I. You had to get everything unpacked, and I just got my TV set up first, and I just basically watched all the different commentaries, watched a few different times. Like I probably watched that movie three or four times as I was in, as I was unpacking, and I've watched it many more since then. Uh, I, I do really like that movie. Like Edgar Wright is just a really great director. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I, I didn't realize that was it. Oh yeah, Dang. yeah, that's cool. Oh yeah, like I, and that's why it was such a shame when he got off of uh, Ant Man. <laughs> I was, right. yeah, yeah, I know. I, w- I w- w- would much prefer to see his version than the one we got. Yeah, that would have been nice. I mean, Ant Man just sort of fell into the the usual Marvel. Marvel yeah, the usual Marvel. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. not, ba- yeah. not bad, but also not spectacular or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I'm trying to think of any others. Uh, an- oh, anime wise, um, love the Ghibli films, which is sort of natural to say at this point but as far as my favorite one um my two favorite of the of studio ghibli's is actually the cat returns and castle in the sky two of their not usually talked about ones but i there's something about them that just put always puts me in a good mood so i yeah. always, i always enjoy watching oh and uh just general anime stuff um summer wars uh summer wars yes uh, i love that movie i if i've Friends are not into like not even not even into anime. I will put on Summer Wars and they will love that movie. It is oh, so yeah, it's fantastic. Good. Well, now that you've said that, I have to throw out your name, which I just watched a few weeks ago, and it is one of the best anime films I've ever seen. Prepare your tear ducts. I'm sure <laughs> you know you've most of you listening have heard of it if you're into anime at all. And I think the Blu-ray actually maybe came out this week, but Did it? Yeah, I, I need to find it. Back. <laughs> yeah, I, but it is phenomenal and it's it's such a well-told story and uh just yeah go in with with kleenex there it's, it's pretty intense <laughs> yeah i plan on picking I, I as soon as it's on blu-ray i'm picking it up because i did nice. not get it a is really good theaters. and uh I'll, yeah going to studio ghibli i would say uh howl's moving castle is probably my favorite of those and i really do love that movie um i obviously princess mononoke and spirited away are the big ones and i like those too uh, but I don't know. Howl's Moving Castle. I don't. I, I just appreciate it in, in a different way. I think. Mm-hmm. I can. Yeah, I can understand that one. Uh, I. I mean, I like most of the Ghibli movies, but I think everybody sort of gets there. Like everybody acknowledges that Spirited Away and Princess Mononoke are the best. But I think everybody also uh-huh. has like their personal pick for like this one. And, uh, sure. Att- you know, I grew attached to this one. And whatnot, yeah. So. Yeah. 
Another one that just randomly popped into my head, I don't know why, is Groundhog Day. Love Groundhog Day. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. yeah. I need to see that again. I love again. Bill Murray it's, in general, though. Yeah. I need to see that again. It's been so long since I've watched it. I know it's a good movie. I just haven't taken the time to. But, yeah. That's also why Majora's Mask is the best Zelda game. <laughs> you just need to yeah, have the see, same thing you're repeating. You got to get that dig and see that you're starting the best Zelda game conversation. I see what you're doing, Andre. I see how you, how you sneak these other things in there. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just, a, I'm just a troll on these podcasts. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, any other movies that came to your mind, Andre? Or did you mainly get all yours? No. I, I mean, I think I covered most. I mean, I, I could go on. Like, I've got, you know, it switches up all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think I covered most of my consistent favorites. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a good you know, I might have to actually throw in not not in a an unironic way, but I have to throw in Street Fighter. Of, of all the video game movies out there, it's it all, they're all bad, of course. But I feel like Street Fighter is immensely enjoyable in its badness. Whereas, oh. like something like Street Fighter: The Legend of Chun Li is just bad, and you'd never want to watch it. Period. But like, there's some there's something about the original Street Fighter movie that's just really fun to watch, even even though it's bad. And I kind of count that among my favorites, even though it's act- obviously a bad movie. Oh, it's wonderful! <laughs> Raul Julia's yeah. performance just hamming it up. Uh, even oh. the guy who played Zan- Zangief, uh, like, oh right, you're getting paid, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, it the, was so bad. There are so many great quotable lines in that movie that I can I can see where you're coming from for that one. <laughs> yeah. I just it's just it's just fun to watch and uh you know especially if you're a fan and you know the games like you know Ken not having blonde hair everyone calling Ryu Ryu it's there's so many bad things about that movie but it just it works in the same way the room does which is just like it's this awful disaster of a movie but it's this beautiful train wreck mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome oh boy well I think that takes care for uh, of it for all our topics this week so I uh, just want to thank you guys once again for always listening in and uh, tuning in for, uh, to, for these podcasts. I am stumbling over my words so badly this time. <laughs> Bad night, apparently. That happens. Uh, but yeah, just thank you guys for listening and uh, always appreciate the support. And of course, if you guys want to continue to support us or start supporting us, you guys can uh, uh, get these podcasts three days early uh, every Friday for just $1 as well as offer up the topics like the ones we just had. So with all that said, we'll catch you guys next week for episode 71 and uh, have a great have a great day. See you guys later. Bye. <laughs>